Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Behind the Veil, a show that provides insight into the world of weddings. Today, we're going back to basics. We're going to be talking about wedding planning 101, and we have our normal, usual Behind the Veil crew that's going to be joining us, as well as the talents uh, of Nicole Sellers, the owner of CLE Events and Rentals. So I'm going to actually just introduce everybody all at once. So hello, Marcy Gutenberg with an affair to remember by Marcy. Hello, Brooke hello. Logan Stoner. And hello, Nicole Sellers. It's nice to have you back, hello. Nicole. Nice to be back. Yay. So, so I made the intro super simple because we, uh, all of us are event bros. We've been in this business uh, for a million years and, you know, you can't tell because of this fabulous little cut correcting uh <laughs> camera that i have it smooths out the wrinkles and like a floppy home haircut <laughs> <laughs> basic exactly exactly still doing my at home haircut shut up oh, oh my goodness but anyway so now that the world is starting to come back to normal one of the things that we're i mean there has just been a flood of new clients i you know that are coming in and we're all starting to get more and more calls and i think that this this show is important because i think that it's important to get the information out there about what you should be thinking about as a bride starting your planning now you know, what are the questions? What are the things that you need to be really focused on uh, when you start planning a wedding? Because you don't know what you don't know. At the end of the day, that's I, I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, m- most people that are planning their wedding have never done it before. And so this is their first foray and and they may have helped their sister do their wedding. But a lot of times that was because they had a really great catering manager or somebody else that was involved that helped them walk through the process. So, you know, I'm actually going to start with uh, Nicole. Like, Nicole, when you're first starting to plan a wedding, give me an idea of like something that you think is super important that people don't typically think about. Well, I think probably some things that people don't think about is, I mean, think of the big, the big picture. Obviously, we know, obviously, budget is super important, but. Overall, think of the big picture of your wedding and what you want it to feel like and um, really what you want to give to your guests in the sense of imparting with you and your fiance. And don't let yourself kind of get railroaded, railroaded into like a cookie cutter, one shape fits all type of event. Because um, there's so many creative and interesting and fabulous products and people out there and vendors that you can work with. So don't let your venue kind of take over everything else. Maybe sometimes reverse engineer it. Look at really important to you. A couple of things that might be really important to you and reverse engineer it. So, you know, because so many times we concentrate on the venue first and the venue is super important because you've got to get your date nailed down and things like that. But your venue, so much of your budget, you're left with less to play with. And then you end up kind of having that cookie cutter effect. I agree. You know, so, you know, it's especially in this day and age, there's just so many different cool venues to even look at. And that, you know, in the past, it might have been very difficult for for somebody to figure out how to make a unique venue work with bringing in catering, bringing in, you know, furniture, bring it. But, you know, there's companies like yours and like mine and like Peacock's catering and, you know, that are are that's their job. That's their whole right. world is to be able to do stuff like that. So they make it easy. Um, right. I was actually telling Marcy offline, I think that, you know, the number one thing that I would do if I, if I was planning a wedding and I hadn't been in the business is I might actually look to book a, a some type of conversation with a wedding planner, maybe not hire yeah. a wedding planner, but maybe a, a, a consultation for an hour that just to kind of go over the idea of what is involved when planning a wedding. You know, what are the major pieces? Obviously, venue is a big piece, florals, mm-hmm. photography, uh, food, and DJ. I think that if you've got those big pieces, the rest of it, you can fill in as you go. But, you know, I think that you got to find your venue. You got to find your photographer. Got to find a good photographer because there's no reason to have a beautiful wedding and have a crappy photographer. Because we've our crappy invitations. Oh, uh, gra- look at look at how Brooke just threw that in there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but, but and and entertainment. Entertainment is going to be a big one, too, because if if you have a crappy photographer and a crappy DJ, not only is your event not going to feel good the day of That's the event, but right, <laughs> whatever money but, you have, <laughs> right? Adding, but you're not, like, huh? 
I said, I think sometimes adding, like you just brought up entertainment. I think everybody gets such into the mindset DJ or band, you know, it can be other things, you know, like think, you know, like now that things are coming back again, people are ready to work. They want to be out there. So think out of the box. You know, I think you had a, didn't you have fire performers at one of your weddings? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we, and you introduced me to this incredible band called the leafy greens who Mm -hmm. I just adore. And they're just like a little two piece, two piece band that uh, typically, you know, plays at local bars and stuff. And they're fantastic. I mean, and so inexpensive by the way. So a little shout out to the leafy greens um, because (laughs) you know, we, we, hi guys. Yeah. We love them because, and that's not somebody that somebody you would traditionally think of for a wedding venue, a, a wedding vendor is, is this kind of thing. So, you know, think outside of the box, but I think the number one thing that people should really look at is budget. What are you willing to spend? And then make yeah. your decisions based on that. You know, right. start there. Right. But you can't Sorry. Uh, Go ahead, Margaret. Sorry. No, I, I 100% or 1,000% agree with the both of you. I think that one of the things that people get caught up on is trying to do what their friends are doing. And then there's no special or unique tone to it. So I think that by making it your own and embracing it is going to, make much more of an impression on your guests, which is ultimately what you want them to do. You want them to walk away saying, oh my gosh, that was the best fabulous wedding I've ever been to. And then they come back to you 15 years later and they're still talking about it. That's when you've made the impression. You don't want them to walk away going, okay, it was another Saturday night wedding. Yeah. But you know, but when people, when you hear the word big, fabulous wedding, you know, uh, it doesn't mean money. I think that's no. a big mistake. No, is that everybody yes. assumes that because if you pour big money, on style, big yeah. on their big on their their view, bigger than what they're trying to convey. That's what's big. Right? Yeah. So you know, figure out what Your makes point you, on you well, and make sure makes find out what makes you a couple, and put it out there. Like you mm-hmm. know, the the wedding that we did unique, recently. Yeah. Yeah, that may, it was unique. One of the things that we really loved about this couple is they love to travel all over the world. And so they wanted to bring in little pieces of their travels. And so we brought in these ribbons that they saw in, in South America. We found saw these little stacks of stones that they saw in Machu Picchu. We pulled in uh, the little butterfly release because of a, a, a ceremony that they saw in India. None of those things cost a lot of money. It would, mm-hmm. but it meant something special to the couple and it drew their guests in because it, it gave them an experience to share. Exactly. And I, and I think that's the piece here is that, you I know, was so personalized that wedding was so good. It really, all the different ideas. It was like a, all the personal touches. It right. really was. That was great. But like, let your friends do that, you know, let your friends do your friends and you mm-hmm. do you. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You know, but I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, so and and people are, and, and I love the idea that a lot of people don't understand that um, when you're thinking and about your anticipated experience and we've talked about anticipated experience before on this show that your guests ha- don't get into the mindset of what you think you guests have anticipated in their experience, because most people are very simple when it comes to what they're thinking a wedding is going to be like. They're going, all right, I've been invited to a wedding, so I know that I'm going to have something to drink. I'm going to watch a couple of people get married. I'm probably going to have some food, and then I'm going to get to dance. They drink dance. Eat, that, drink, yeah. Exactly. Eat, drink, dance. And that's where, pe- that's where people love. Those three things. <laughs> well, but like, you know, but that's what I'm saying time. is if you cover those things, you've covered what people you are going to think they're going to come and then build on that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and your first it, impression too, I think is important. I mean, that's where Marcy yes. comes into play with the, For the invitation. Right. Because yeah. it's telling your guests like what, you know, it's kind of giving them a little prelude in a tangible way so that they can know how do they come dressed? How, what's the tone of the affair? Yeah, Those are the little things just to get them started. But then when they walk in that room and they're seeing you and you're doing your ceremony and then you do your reception, you know, those are the things that it adds. It's like layers that you're building upon. And that that's, I'm so glad you said layers. I love you for that because you know, that's my thing. I love because the wedding is layers built on top of layers, built on top of layers. You know, you're not going to make all the decisions about your wedding in one visit. 
So get that out of your head. It's not going to happen all at once. It also takes a lot less time than you're going you're going to assume once you figure out what you want to do. Once you figure out, you know, you do you kind of moment, you know, so don't get get yourself all in a and pressured because you feel like, oh, these decisions have to be made today. They don't. You have time, you know. I mean, we've all done weddings in 75 days. I know all of us have planned a wedding in 75 days and it was just like over the top and amazing. So if you have six months or a year, oh my God, you're good. Take a breath, you know. <laughs> Don't don't feel like you have to be pushed into signing a contract. Take two. <laughs> yeah, right. It, don't feel like you have to be pushed into signing a contract because you feel like you're you're losing time. That's you know there, there's going to be other venues. There's going to be other locations. You just have to be open to it. Um, and you're right. going to have more options on the table too because sometimes in a rush situation, you know that's going to shorten your abilities a little bit. So you kind of have to think about that too. You know, when do you want to, when do you want to have this wedding? You know, when do you want to get married? How do people figure out their budget? What is a good way for people to kind of figure out like, Oh, this is how much I should be spending on my wedding, or this is how much I should, uh, you know, where, how, how do people figure out where, what their budget actually is? Does anybody well, have come to people like you, Keith. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You have to start with an overall amount. I mean, that's the first and foremost. Start with your overall amount. Right. And then you can allocate based on what's important to your, you know, what's important to you. You know, some people may be more interested in the food. Other people may be more interested in the entertainment. Other people may be more interested in the decor. You know, you have right. to figure out the importance of things to that particular couple. Well, and I and I'm also gonna just put out there right now that if you go to a venue, do not say to the person, "Well, you know, we're really trying to save for a house, or we're really trying to, you know, save for a honeymoon." That you know, that's not. First of all, that's not fair to put that on your on your venue because they're, you know, their basic response is, "Your financial issues cannot become my financial issues," um, and secondly, it actually will work against you in the overall you know, negotiations, because immediately you've set them at, at a line that says, okay, you know, they're going to try to work me on every angle because they're trying to pay for a house. Come up with your budget and your budget is your budget, regardless of what else you're trying to do in your life. No, you know, I hate to say this, but nobody really else cares what you're trying to do outside of, of your wedding. Yeah, I you promise know? that venue probably needs a new COVID patio and they're not worried about <laughs> they're trying to save a house because they got shit to do too, baby. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's true. You know, it is they, true. They, they gotta, Hey, they gotta paint and, and pay their staff just like everybody else. And, you know, and they're in the business of, of making money. So, you know, when you're starting to trying to figure out your budget, separate it from your personal life. It becomes its own entity. And as much as people try to feed into trying to, to, because everybody wants to feel like, you know, they're connected with people and that they want, they want to believe that other people are very interested in what they're trying to do in their personal life, but they're not, they really aren't. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if I hear somebody say, well, you know, we really want to try to save for a house as an event planner. I totally understand that. If I'm, if I, if I'm a venue, I don't need to know that information. All I need to know is what kind of, what kind of monies do you have for this particular venue? And can we make it work here? You know, don't waste people's time, you know, love your house. Help you with how much money do you have for me in this wedding period? Very simple. <laughs> it is. It actually, it actually is. And, love and that, that you want to save for a house all about it, but <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that you also want to make sure that you honor the person's time because Planning a wedding is no simple feat. It takes, it does take a lot of time to go and look at all these different menus and talk to lots of people. And so whatever you can do in order to maximize that time will work in both your favor and whoever you're talking to's favor. And they, and they will respect that and that actually will help you in the negotiation. If you respect each other's time, it will go a long way to formalizing a much better relationship long-term if, if you know what you want and you know what exactly. you, you know. And be a little open. I mean, you, it doesn't mean you have to like, like if for me, for example, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, like if I have somebody come in for invitations, I'm going to ask them some questions so that we can kind of 
hone in their style and so forth. Right. But if somebody has a specific design that they want, you know, aesthetic that they want to convey, yes, I have a multitude of invitations, but I don't have every invitation company out in my arsenal. I mean, I have tons and tons of companies, but if you have a specific invitation and I don't carry it, I don't want to waste your time, you know? So, you know, be upfront if you, if you are a little open, if you're not, you know, then you're not, you just have to kind of know what you're looking for or have that kind of a, a style, but be a little bit open if you can and take a look, you know, when people tell you to look at their websites, mm-hmm. um, take a look, you know, take, take a look at their, their social media. There's opportunities out there for you to find what you're looking for, but you just got to kind of have an idea ahead of time so that you're, you know, that, so that your person that you're meeting with can help you better. Well, and you want to be realistic. I mean, we all yes. have a Pinterest dream. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. We all have a Pinterest dream, but it doesn't mean it's always achievable to everybody. I mean, the world is unfair in a multitude of ways, and finances are one of those. But there's always going to be a way to to find a way to make that dream. But you just have to be a little creative, and and you have to be flexible. I think I think Marcy hit it on the head. You got to be flexible with your dream. Right. I mean, think of it this way. If you have, if you go to try on a wedding dress and you go and you pick out the most gorgeous, you know, the most gorgeous style um, wedding dress, you put it on, it's, you fall in love with it. And then you look at the price tag. Wah, wah. What are you going to do if it's way out of your budget? You know, I mean, you nothing else is going to compare to that. And you've already had it, you know, up in your head now that yep. that's what you want. Crying nothing else right there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that'd be so Jan over at Broker Bridal. She'd be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, she was like oh, uh-uh. my gosh. Yeah. She does not like Pinterest. <laughs> no, she does not like Pinterest. But uh, you know, but that I think I think that so what do you, so Nicole, you said you like Pinterest? I like it when people come to me with their ideas or their inspiration. Like you said, as long as they can be open, because you can take that and you can mold it to fit fit your budget, you know, it might not be as grand as the Pinterest, you know, sometimes people bring you a, a chandelier that they love and see, and it's a $40,000 Swarovski chandelier. Well, that's probably not happening, but there's a way to get those looks. So personally, I absolutely love it when people, I bring me their Pinterest because it gives me an idea of where they're headed, what they like, what they don't like. And there's a way to find it on, the, on every budget. You I know? like Pinterest too, for the same reason. <laughs> Well, you know, I've had some, uh, a lot of people, you know, obviously I've dealt with a lot of different levels of brides as far as financial um, over the last couple of decades. <laughs> Don't look too close at the screen. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's why I think that if you if you if you come in with an open mind and and say, OK, look, I have ten thousand dollars for this this wedding. A lot can be done with your guest count. $10,000 when trying to invite 200 people and $10,000 when trying to invite 60 people are two totally different worlds. And if if you have a dream... Hot dog, water, champagne. Hot dog, water, and champagne. Ooh, <laughs> yum, yum. But, you know, but, if you, but if you have a dream, reduce your guest count. Give yourself yeah. a little a little breathing room because I guarantee you that if you're inviting 100 people, there's probably 20 or 30 people at that wedding that you're not going to care about in 10 years. Mm-hmm. That you look back and go, why did we invite them? I don't understand that. <laughs> and that's actually one thing that I think COVID really did for people is that it really made them focus down on their guest list and say, who really counts in our life? You know, right. who really is somebody that we really want at this wedding? And and I think that, you know, when you're looking at your wedding and you're starting to do your wedding planning, the very first thing you need to look at is your guests. Who do you want to invite and start there? And why? Why do you want to invite them? You get, you, you agree? Oh, totally. Right? Totally. Yes. Oh, Yeah. I mean, here's a table with, um, here's my money table. Here's my gifts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here's the people that are going to make my life fun tonight. 
that table that's going to be drama that table doesn't get to come get rid of them there's 20 people gone you know it's mathematics I am really good at arithmetic <laughs> well and that is true you know if somebody is causing you drama in your life do not invite them to your wedding Oh my God. And I know that, oh, but they're my sister or they're my sister. Oh, the mother in law has to be there, that kind of uh, stuff. Oh, you know what? You nobody nobody <laughs> really has to be at your wedding, to be honest. It's your one day that you get to ha- say wh- whoever you really want to be there. You know, if you don't talk to somebody in, in within a couple of years and they're close family and they're going to cause you stress and you feel like, oh, they're going to be nasty towards me if I don't invite them. Well, if you haven't talked to them in a couple of years, what do you care? Yeah, if if this person like here's my thing with the whole wedding list and the guest list and all that. Yeah. If this this said person worst case scenario, okay, I didn't invite Sheila for whatever reason. And if Sheila never talks to me again, are you cool with that? And if you you are, checkmate. Bye. <laughs> you know, there's your answer right there. Like if you can't live without that person talking to you ever again because you're in your what for whatever reason, then that's it. But if you're fine with Sheila, Done. Put her on the bus, honey. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, so it, in the in the world of event planning, I think your number one thing, your two number one things are your guest list, putting down who you think you're gonna you need to invite to your wedding, and your budget, and right. and those two are gonna be the big determining factors of where, when, and how, because the number of guests that you have will definitely determine what venues you're going to be able to go to because if you have 100 people and the venue only holds 60 well that venue's out out of the out of the game so to speak you know and then if you have a ten thousand dollar budget and the venue is five thousand of that well that's kind of out of the game too so cut that out you know done um but when it comes to decor and so nicole you're obviously brilliant at decor i mean you are my decor person. So, you know, <laughs> you know, shameless plug. Nicole is amazing at what she does. Uh, you know, what are some some options that people might not think about when it comes to, you know, decor and centerpieces that don't always have to cost a lot of money? Um, well, I mean, obviously, it doesn't always have to be loads of flowers and huge floral bouquets. You know, I, I like when people try to personalize um, as you had mentioned in just the previous wedding, you had different parts that came from the travels that your your um, bride and groom had experienced in their life. So you can make your centerpieces um, different. They don't have right. to be all match- matchy one. You could do high ones. You could do ones. You could do, say you guys love books. Um, I saw, this was not my event, but it was absolutely brilliant where basically they had stacks of books and the pages coming out of the books and it looked absolutely amazing. So, cause they, it was a, a literary kind of a theme for the, the bride and the groom. And so they had stacks of books and then they had the pages like literally coming up and out of the book. It was, it was brilliant. Oh, um, I love that. I know it was really cool. And I mean, I mean, how hard is it to go to the thrift store and buy a bunch of books and kind of create this, you know? Um, so I also think you just have to not like, I hate when people get pigeonholed, you know, just don't like, yeah, they see what the venue is offering. Like, yeah, you can ask for upgrades for things for certain things. If the venue is only offering you white polyester, like tablecloths, for instance, there are options. There are, and there's nothing worse than seeing those, the basic tablecloths and then they're wrinkled. You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because when you have a solid color, the wrinkles show even more. You know, a textured pattern is super forgiving. You know, but the other thing I wanted to to bring up, and I was just thinking that also, you know, when you're talking about your guest list and your menu, don't be pigeonholed into a time of day because brunch weddings are typically much more affordable in general than, you know, uh, evening affairs. Like if you do a, a Sunday brunch wedding, everybody's going to love you because everybody loves a good brunch and it's going to be a lot less money overall when you talk about the food and beverage. And I'm off work before the sun comes down on a Saturday and I love every second of that. I'm right? a huge fan of brunch weddings. I love I brunch weddings. <laughs> yeah. Because, but you know, you... <laughs> Exactly. That, that, but you yeah. know, <laughs> but, but, 
but it also gives you a lot more options to to think about when it comes to decor. And I love the idea that you know decor doesn't your centerpieces don't have to be flowers. I think we get all pigeonholed into the idea, and we say pigeonholed a lot actually in this program. Um, we we got, all get caught up in that idea that a centerpiece means needs to be florals, and it doesn't. I mean, I, I we did a, a wedding at Books and Books, literally at the store books and books and Deanne from um, events on the loose who designed her own wedding. I was only there to do the logistics. So God bless her because she came up with some really incredible stuff. You know, she, she love her and her now husband loved that store, loved books and books, loved going there. Their families were involved with the store somehow. And so they went to the ownership and, and we were able to do a wedding in the store and it was a brunch wedding. And basically the, the menu was locks and bagels and eggs and, and very simple. But because it was a unique location and very different, people were blown away. And it did not cost that it's much money. Unique. Yes, it was unique. I mean, I think creativity yeah. will exactly. save you money in the long run. Be creative. Be okay. And, and enjoy the cheese factor. I, right. I think I think a good wedding should have a little cheese factor going on. You said, do you understand what I mean by cheese? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Be sentimental, and it should mean something other than just like the the glossiness or the you know it's it's your special day, and you and everybody will remember those touches. They're not going to necessarily remember what they ate. They're going to remember if it was good or not. Yeah, but they're not going to say, oh, that uh, salmon with dill sauce was the best I ever had in my life. Maybe if it was, but most of the time they're going to, Oh, they're going to think chicken or beef or fish or whatever, but right. you know, they're going to remember like special touches. So well, yeah, I, like there's no beach, no church, no ball, no hall. I mean, <laughs> that that's her normal for basically. Right. I like the. What did you say that again? Your beach with your ball, your no beach, no church, no ball, no hall. I love mm-hmm. it. I like that. I yeah. love it. So if you take those out of the equation, what other venues are a possibility? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, I think I think of it this way. A wedding can take place anywhere, literally anywhere. It, it, you but shut it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, yeah, because there's there. Have but been that's those your ones. job, though. When that comes yeah. into play, I also think a part of your job is to talk them out of disaster. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've all been there where somebody says, you know, but I mean, we've all, we've all been there where somebody said, Oh, I'm going to, I want to get married by this beautiful pond that I remember as a kid. And then you go visit the pond and it's this overgrown lake with mosquitoes everywhere. And you're like, Nope. <laughs> or you can just have a glass bottom boat. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, like, you know, I got married on a glass bottom boat. It did a, a couple of things. It, you know, I have, I had oh. almost all of my, all of my family and friends were from out of state. And so when they come to Florida, what do they want to do? They want to do touristy stuff. So there's the cheese factor. And, and so a glass bottom boat was perfect because it limited the number of people. It reduced the amount of decor that we really had to do because how many tables can you really fit on a glass bottom boat? I can tell you six. Anyway. <laughs> Because that's we filled it up, uh, and and people got to do something unusual and different. You know how cool is that to be able to go do a wedding on a glass bottom boat? Cool. Our know? wedding is uh, in a warehouse. When Michael and oh, I got, we did a surprise wedding in our warehouse. We invited people for an open house. We didn't tell them they were coming for an, uh, a wedding, so they just thought they were coming to check out the warehouse. You know, we had a band, we had catering, we had. Um, bar set up. We had all our pieces, a lot of our decor pieces out. We had we had tented the the parking lot of our um, of our warehouse space, set up seating groupings and all this stuff. And then uh, eight o'clock, the bishop rolled up and and we got married. We said everybody, hey, by the way, we're getting married. So it was it was fun. People were surprised. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. And then it I love out. that. Oh yeah, yeah, then it rained. And then you know what I loved about the fact that it rained yeah. though is that you guys, you guys were totally okay with it. Like you didn't let us. Oh it, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, it, so- it, it, and it didn't affect your 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 vibe at all. You just rolled with it and had a good time. And I think that when you get into the wedding planning 101, I think that's number one is whatever happens, let it happen. 
Don't get stressed yes. out. There is nothing you can do to, to change what happens. And people's uh, experience will be based on your reaction to it. So if you frown or freak out or cry or do whatever, then everybody else is like, oh, could you believe it? That bride, oh, it was so drama. And guess what they what people do with drama weddings? They talk about it. <laughs> they talk about it and they talk about it and they oh, talk yes, about they it. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they do over and over and over again. So you definitely don't want to feed in, into the drama. But there's, again, there's so many options. I mean, people and, and having a backyard wedding. And don't feel, another big piece that comes into Wedding Planning 101 is that I think that people get worried about how other people think about their wedding. Like, what it. What are people going to think about, like, if we did it in our backyard? Just be who, ca- who cares? That's so normal. Like, there's so many people that have done that for years and centuries, decades. Like, the backyard thing, that's like, no. Yeah, but, you know, I, you know, I think that people get, uh, it, there is a, a worry that they, that they look less because they can't afford the, the crazy larger wedding with a gorgeous backyard that are nicer than churches, balls and halls, honey. So listen, if you've got the location, right. But that's what I'm saying. You got the venue already there. But if you you have people that, that. well, but if you have people that you're worried about how you're going to appear because you can't afford the same level that they do, don't invite them to your wedding. Yeah. Hello. That's the do not invite list. (laughs) And right? also make two lists of who is coming and who's definitely not coming. In fact, do that. Who's definitely <laughs> coming first. Get rid of that first. Take care of that business. Exactly. And the time of year. I mean, you know, the time of year is going to play a factor in your oh, list yeah. as well. I mean, is this during a, a holiday time that people are going to be coming down here to like live? We live in Florida. Is right. you know, are people going to come down to Florida? Is it during the season? Is it during the hot months? Is it the you know? Um, a rainy season, those are all things that you want to think about. Like, what do you want? And I think I, we keep going back to that. You know, what do you want? If you cut out all of the noise of everybody around you, you cut out the noise of your parents, you cut out the noise of your cousins, you cut out the noise of your best friend that means well and is you, just trying to quote unquote protect you. Or your crazy you know, mother in law. The crazy mother-in-law, if you cut out all of them and really dug down deep to what do I want as a wedding, I think a lot of people are surprised that it's much simpler than they would have originally thought. I think a lot of times we get into the overdevelopment of a wedding because of what they're trying to convey because of what they think somebody's going to think about them, you know, what the aunt's going to think about them. Yeah. Strip it down. (laughs) Strip it down. You shouldn't have people, basics. those people, honestly, it's like one-on-one. You shouldn't even have people like that in your life to begin with. If you have some people, if you have people like that in your life, check that out first. You, the, that shouldn't be a conversation. You shouldn't even have people like that, technically, right. unless you're like, blood, whatever that looks like, in your life to begin with. And if you do, take a look at that first, honestly. Well, they- they want to pay for it, then, you know, right? Well, then I'm all about, you know, write a check, so I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah you know, you want, you, you want to pay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You want to pay for your place at the table? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Bring it. But, but how know, much money is worth getting your wedding, wedding ruin, though? Let's talk about that. A hundred. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So, you know, strip it down to its bare essentials. What I, and I, I actually always say, what are the top five things? You know, what are the top five things that you have always wanted to have at your wedding? And a lot of times is I want to have a first dance with my dad. You know, if it's a father daughter, uh, I really want a, a sunset location. I really want, you know, and it's typically simple things. And, you know, and I say, keep those five things, write those five things down, put those aside, and then allow yourself to plan with the knowledge that you're going to protect those five things so that no matter what happens, the core of what you want at the wedding to happen happens. And then that way, if you have to adjust the guest count, well, I guarantee you, you know, most likely you're not going to say, well, I wanted 150 people at my wedding. Nobody's going to really say, oh, I wanted 150 people at my wedding. 
you know, you're going to say probably I, there are certain people that I want at my wedding. I want my family to be there. I want my loved ones to be there. So who are those and protect that? Mom, dad, husband, bartender. Bartender. That's I, I love it. That Eve that's going on currently. Oh, and tell I'm, me. So I'm hearing this from a lot of people in the industry. So obviously, you, everybody knows the event industry has been really impacted by COVID. Many of us have been out of work for a year plus and things are coming back. Um, but a lot of people who weren't necessarily as impacted by COVID are now planning events and they're really trying to bargain hard. Now, there's nothing right with shopping for your thing, but they're... Um, you know, they're saying they're for some reason they seem like they, everything should be given away for nothing at this point in time. And a lot of us in the event industry don't have the ability to work for free right now. We've been we've been without pay for a year plus. I'm hearing of time and time again from people in the industry where clients are saying, "Well, we would have thought you wanted to work, you know, or you need to do it for this price because, um, you know, you you've been out of work basically." Hello, for that reason, you should be paying us twice. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. No, but it's a no, it's seriously just think about it a little bit. I mean, because it's you know, if a performer who's been out of work for years, they don't have a a, a bankroll at like they to to maybe give you a little bit more of a discount because they've been working con- um consistently. Right. So, you know, you know, when you have an event, you have to think in not all the time that goes into just that particular event. Star, sorry, star. <laughs> Um, somebody's walking their dog outside, but there's a lot of preparation time that goes in. There's proposals and things that are written back and forth. Then, I mean, so there's a lot of time that goes into your event before the actual day of your event. Right. Uh, and you have to take all of that in consideration. So be kind to your event professionals. We're finally just starting to see a, a, a rainbow again. And it's, it's a beautiful sight. Well, you know, and, and I'm going to actually say this to to the vendors that are out there listening too. many of us made special deals at the beginning of when COVID hit because it was a bad time. We were all suffering, you know, right at the beginning. It was a shock. It was like kind of shock and awe. So, you know, we all made some special deals. And the thing is, is that you have to live up to those and you have to to work those like they are normal pricing. Do you, oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I, and I find that there are some vendors that are saying, well, I'm doing this for extra cheap. Well, what we say privately to one another and what we do are two totally different things. And, right. and even though I've had, I've signed, I signed some brides for a lot less money than they should. The, what we do and the level that we do it is the same across the board. No, they don't. You know, they don't get a discounted service. They get a hundred percent. I'm a prime events. example. I'm sweet as sugar and professional and nice. Every single wedding or event we do. No, Not like this. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, let's say in front, in front. Yeah. <laughs> Stay up. <laughs> and then let's not say behind the stage, but yes, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that, you know, what you say privately is one thing, but what you do is the second. So there's a level of respect that should happen between um, a, a bride or a groom and vendors that, you know, you should respect their time, but also in reverse, you should respect the agreement that you, you came oh, to. Absolutely. No, without yeah. a doubt. You know, if they're a client, they're a client. But And I feel like you'll know that vibe before the contract signed anyways. Do you know what I mean? If they on both sides, like red flags should come up before the ink dries or even comes to that point. But then there's a lot of times where the ink dries, and then oh, all of a sudden a completely different person shows up. (laughs) I mean, I I think people don't always. I love you, Keith, because I don't (laughs) feel that. I think people who are not in the industry don't always understand, and it's kind of so. If you want to order special tables and chairs, okay, yeah, maybe we already own those tables and chairs, but we have to pay someone to put them in the truck. We have to pay for the truck. We pay for the insurance on the truck, the gas on the trunk, our insurance for our company. So there are all these other costs that are right. awesome in there. And then your event starts that we set up at 10 o'clock in the morning and then we break down at midnight. Our people get paid, you know, the, uh, for the rate for, you know, what it is. The entire um, time. Yeah. yeah. 
So, you know, just because they're not working at moving your tables and chairs during that time, we still have to pay them. So people, a lot of those costs go get in, get in. So there's a certain point of things that we can't do. And then when you don't have the savings that you had and you've been, your business has been struggling, you can't offer it because you don't have any cushions. So for people to be a little bit understanding that why there aren't going to be as many um, discounts on some things and, and to be respectful of, of what is done in the industry and mm-hmm. everybody back well, on their feet. And that's why when we started this conversation, you know, you, the basis of when you're starting to plan your wedding is, you know, you got to figure out what your budget is and you got to find figure out what your guest count is. And if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Find another way to make it happen, but don't don't try to push your vendors to do something for free because it's it, it, a lot of times it's just not possible. And and as us as event pros, we our whole world is trying to make people feel good. I mean, that's our whole job is to try to make people yeah have a good day. And so I know when I'm not able to do something, I feel bad about it. Like, and I have to like, really like put like bite my lower lip and go, God, I really hate the fact that I'm being put in this to, to, I got to deal with your mother-in-law, but you really can't stand. I got to do that all day. (laughs) Right. But I, and, and I go, God, I really feel bad that I can't do this for you because I can't afford it personally. You know, I, I have bills to pay. I have storage to pay. I have electricity to pay. And those things cost money. And, and, and it's not something that I'm going to be able to, to give you, but I'm not you know. as cheap as I look. <laughs> I mean, the reality is, is we're in business to make money. Right. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, like I've, ha- I've actually had to turn business away because I had a client, a potential client who wanted me to discount the item because they right. had received a discount from a prior person that did the same service in prior years right that person was no longer in business well obviously there's a reason why they're not in business anymore because they were giving away the farm for free and you can't are you know obviously if you continuously continuously give and give and give and you're not getting compensated for it then how do you stay in business you know we want to be around for our our clientele for many years and the way to do that is to have a a, a, you know a balance it's a balancing act it really is and there are some things that i'm able to do and i'm happy to do and there's just some things i'm not but you know that's part of the conversation that you have with with a a couple and i you know and again we're going to go back to the the you know wedding planning 101 be up front be up front with you what your limitations are and don't try to, because you're going to get more if you tell us exactly what you're having to deal with. And that way we can give you really truthful, honest responses is, you know what? We can't do this, but we probably could do this and keep you at the same at the same rate. Give us a chance to be creative for you. Exactly. Is that what you're saying, Nicole? Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know? It's um, it's a big world and there's a lot of ways and we have definitely can work on any budget, you know, we just, but it may not be, like I said, the $40,000 chandelier, but we can give you a look. With yeah. There's a sparkler. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's a sparkler. Oh. <laughs> in a glass. In a bottle. Sparklers and have everybody hold them up at the same time. <laughs> uh, we did that this Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> she's a, she was, it. she's not. She's not kidding. Yep, sparklers underneath it because <laughs> hair, but you know, sparklers <laughs> everywhere. Taking well, pictures from afar. Well, <laughs> I, I think also a, a, a precautionary tale for people that are listening is that you know when yes, I love Pinterest. I think it, Pinterest is a great place to be creative, but it, re, keep in mind that those pictures were done one photo might have taken somebody eight hours to set up to make sure it's perfect. And when you're talking about your wedding, you're probably talking about eight, 10 or 12 of those pieces and you don't have that same amount of time. So it's not going to turn out that, that, that look, you got to be open-minded and you got to listen. You got to allow yourself to be educated a little bit, but, um, but trust your gut. Like, you know, the other thing with the Pinterest that people need to understand is that, you know, some of the items that they're looking at online, they may not be necessarily the best interest for them 
for example, um, maybe they're not in the country. Maybe they're from India or China or somewhere like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, right now to get shipments in from those countries is like, you know, nil and, you know, it's, it's just not happening very well, you know, very easily. Well, and there's a flower shortage. Mm-hmm. There's a massive flower shortage that a lot of people don't even realize that is happening. And that's because when COVID hit, guess what happened? All those fields that were supposed to be plowed, hush, Brooke, <laughs> the Jew's going to turn into a 12 year old. That's all. How is this textured skin, honey? Right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, all those fields that were supposed to be tended to, nobody was there to tend to them. And so we basically lost a year of growth. And so a lot of those flowers that were available a year ago are not available because they just weren't planted. And so we Did we're having... this growth though, you and I grew a lot, like from the waist out. <laughs> <laughs> Plow that. <laughs> oh my goodness. COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah, right. COVID-19, if only, man. If it only it was COVID-19. Oh my God. But you know, there, but, uh, but again, I think that if, if people are honest and truthful with themselves about their, what the, I guess, first guest count and the amount of money that they want to spend, a lot can be done if you have at least that basic information. And then when you start talking to people, trust your gut. You will know immediately if you feel like somebody's trying to give you a snow job. Right. There are, there are salespeople out there that, you know, immediately you're like, oh, my God, don't buy this car. It's going to it's going to fall apart as soon as it leaves a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, well, speaking of a lot of those, um, you know, things that you see from China or India or, you know, wherever. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, the the time it takes to take those pictures, it it comes in and, it you know, if it comes in. You will be surprised at what it really looks like in person. You know, so you've got to go with go with people that you that know their vendors, know the quality, know their you know what what they're representing is. Listen to your vendors because they know who can do it best, who can do it for the right price, who can mm-hmm. you know how long it's going to take. They have that because they've already been through this a lot of times before. Stop. Well, they have the experience. Ladies, I employ you, go with the Toyota Corolla. That's <laughs> very bad. <laughs> well, so how would a bride and or a groom, you know, figure out like who to reach out to first? Where do you start? I mean, we're in the business. Where I, you, we have gotten so used to the fact that we just know what we're doing that to us it's second nature. But if you're out there and you 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 finally said yes, I'll marry you. How do you figure out what to do next? First thing first, if you're going to hire a wedding planner, that's the very first thing that I would recommend to people do first. Yeah, but where do you find it? Well, you ask around. A lot of luxury. Do your research. New York Times. I can tell you plenty of places to find you. (laughs) (laughs) Ask the people that you're, that where, if you have some place in mind, ask them where, you know, who they recommend. Right. If you don't have a person to ask. Um, but, you know, I mean, word of mouth is usually the best format. Uh, also going online, taking a look at their website, taking a look at the, you know, the inventory or the resources that that person has. Those are, I mean, it's kind of like buying a car, you know, go out there and do your research. Or are you going buying a refrigerator? You know, what features does it have? What benefits does it have? Those are the things that you want to look at. I mean, when I'm shopping for anything, right. two doors on both, I'm fine. Right, exactly. I'm a coupe. I'm not a four door. Coupe, rock, and ice cube maker. I come with an ice maker and two doors. Yes. <laughs> so, but you know, like, well, like Nicole is is, uh, uh, you know, I I recommend Nicole and 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 we remac. Well, all of us recommend each other um, because we know we can count on each other for to do a, a really good job. And I think that helps also when you have a, a community of people that you can reach out to and, and connect with. It doesn't take very long to get in the know, but you got to start with a question. You know, who did you use for your wedding and, and what and how did you feel? Did you like them? You know, I think that's uh, that's an easy question to, to start asking. Plus, everybody loves talking about planning a wedding. It's not like it's not like you're at the office and you're like, oh, guess what? I, I'm getting married. Everybody's is going to say, oh, my God, let me tell you who I used. Oh, my God, let me tell you what to look out for. And they're all going to tell you the horror stories. That's my favorite part about <laughs> when people first get married. They're like, oh, 
guess what happened to my friend? Oh, that was awful. You know, you don't listen to too much of the, the horror stories because those are rare, actually, and far in between. Nicole, you look like you were about to say that. something. Yeah, I got a feeling. That's <laughs> I'm out of <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that, you know, your venue, whatever venue you go to probably has a coordinator on staff to, that's going to handle your wedding, but that is not a wedding planner. They may hand you a list of vendors that they uh, recommend that are on a preferred vendor list. Sometimes right. those vendors pay to get on those lists. Um, sometimes they, they, more often they don't, but there are some places that are pay for play. So yep. people don't necessarily, they're best. They're the people who just pay to be on the list. The sometimes um, they're just excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's well, true. Well, and you do have to, it, your, you had, sorry, go ahead. Your venue, your, your venue coordinator is not going to be helping you negotiate in your favor, your photographer or your florist, or that's where, you know, your, your, your true wedding planner is going to come into play because they wow. know. They've been doing it. This is what they do. They know what prices you should. And pay. a good venue is going to have good. If they have a list, they're going to have good, good photographers, good wedding planners, basically event planners on that list. But go check them out. You know, you know, if, you're, if you're in a five star hotel, you're going. To, they should have five star wedding planners on their. I list would, yeah, I would. But they've worked with them numerous out. times. Yeah, yeah. De- but you know, right. you definitely you go to Wedding Wire, you go to the Knot, you, you know, you you go to Google. The time. You go to Google. And yeah, and see What's how your personality. One? You know, when you meet with your vendors, see how your personality intermingles with that person too. Right. Because not everybody is, you know, not everyone is for everyone. That's true. I'm a good fan that for years. I'm a good fit for a lot of people, but I'm not for everybody and, and, and vice versa. And the other thing uh, when asking, when talking to vendors and, and don't be afraid to ask this is that if they give you a really good price, which seems a little low to you, ask if they're getting kickbacks from other vendors. I mean, because that's unfortunately part of the process down here in South Florida is that sometimes wedding planners or wedding other wedding professionals will give you a really good price, but that's because they're making up that for that money elsewhere. And I find and I feel like that's fair. If they're if they're willing to give you wedding planning services for a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, they gotta still make a living. And so they're making that by you know taking that percentage that they would have normally gotten a discount, let's say for chairs or or other places that give you a 10%, they're gonna keep that 10%. Doesn't mean you're paying any extra, but you are gonna end up paying for that wedding planner one way or another. And what are we do at Keith Lord events? We never take it. If we we get never it take back, it. It goes to our bride and groom. It does. But that's a that's a really good question to ask. You know, um, that's very very because we do often get uh, like a courtesy discount from other people in the industry. You know, and there are some people who want to know what the fee is. They want to pay the full fee up front, and some people who don't want to. You know, we have all have clients like that. There are some who are like, you know, I want to know what your fee is. Hundred percent. This this this. Okay, it's. $2,500. Right. Uh, and how, we're going to help you by helping you negotiate better contracts and saving you money here. So ultimately our services get paid for it. Like you said, one way or the other, but we, we do have to eat and pay the bills. So, well, and that's why, and then that's why I tell people, it's like, you know, I'm not going to be the late, the, the least expensive because all of my fees are totally upfront and the client is paying for all of them. I'm not making any money from any other vendors because it, whatever discounts I may get from other vendors, I'm going to pass on to my clients. But that's exactly. part of the agreement that I have with my clients is that I'm your advocate in all things and any discounts that are handed to me, I'm going to hand to you, but you're going to pay a higher price. Sure, right. absolutely. Yeah. You know, and if somebody else is is willing to say, "Look, I'll 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 do it for a lesser price," but whatever discounts I get are my discounts. Right. Okay, that's fine. You're not you're not paying any extra money, but you know, but again, you are going to end up paying for it one way or the other. You know, so just be aware of that. You know, it, it, it's not a it's not a dirty secret. It's not meant to put anybody down. It's just how different people work. And, exactly. and that it needs to be, and that you need to be aware of it and ask that question, you know, and it's well, okay. that's the first thing I asked you when I came on board before I physically like, <laughs> like was like, I asked you like, what's, cause I know a thing or two about the industry. Um, yeah. And I asked you that, I straight up asked you like, what about kickbacks? And you're like, this is how I roll. I'm like, all right, I'm yours forever because that was the right answer for me. 
because I probably wouldn't have worked otherwise. It's just, not my, it's just not my thing. It's just like not that. my thing. And I don't think it's, it's integrity it's, is a big, huge part mm-hmm. of my life. And people do make mistakes and you can bounce back from things. But right. in, your intentions. Oh, I think intentions pigs is get everything. Greedy, don't, pigs that slaughter don't be greedy. Yeah, because, okay. that's yeah, right. that's that's exactly right. But you know, I, and I think that all of us work the same way, and and we're lucky because, you know, we're part of the NACE National Association of Catering Events is a, a group of event. If if you're looking for an event pro, you're starting into the wedding pro- process. Reaching out to one of these event pro associations is not a bad way to start. Look out, reach out to ILEA, International Live Events Association, or NACE, National Association of Catering and Events, or MPI, Meeting Professionals International. They have lists of vendors in every city of people that are part of those associations. And so you can cross-reference the list that you get from your hotels and your vendors to these other association lists, and you're going to find some commonalities and those are probably really great places to start. I don't know. Am I speaking out of Absolutely. turn, guys? I mean, they may not belong to every association, but as you know, if they're a member of, like, let's say one association, and then they're on the list from the hotel, then right. obviously there's something, you know, maybe there's a reason why they've aligned themselves in the caliber that they have is because they've educated themselves. They, they're continuing to educate themselves. They're continuing to network. They're continuing to bring you the newest and the latest designs, you know, whatever it is, but there's a reason for it. You know, they're not, it's not just, you know, that they're giving somebody money to be on a list. Well, and pay attention to those people that support local not-for-profits too, because I know that all of us have, have done free events for not-for-profits as a way of giving back, you know? Uh, oh, sure. I mean, we've provided uplighting for a million different events for free because we're trying to let allow people to raise money, especially during the last, that last year. Nicole, I know that you've done a ton of work for different educational uh, groupings that, you should have charged a lot more money for that. You wanted to make sure that they had an amazing experience. And so I think that's also important that if you're, if you're just jumping into this, also pay attention to, you know, who's supporting your, your local not-for-profits. Also insurance. Insurance. So a good way to check out, you know, if your vendors good is make, ask for a current insurance because you want to make sure that you're insured. Now, a lot of your venues and well, require a, a certificate of insurance from whoever your vendors are going to be. But if you're getting a price that's co- too good to be true, you know, you may want to make sure that that person is in, properly insured because the last thing you want is someone who is not pulling into a loading dock with a bunch of stuff and they damage things, um, you know, and then it's not going to be a fun time. So insurance is also a good way to check, to make sure that people are um, have sufficient coverage and that they're, they're, they're professional, you know, so you want to make sure, especially if you're doing something at your own home or whatever it is that people are covered. Yeah. I think that's really important. You know, anybody that's reputable in the South Florida should have some type of liability insurance. Uh It's fairly inexpensive. I can't imagine that anybody would go without it because I I just wouldn't want to take that risk, but uh, licensed. and licensed if they're licensed as well, because all of us are licensed mm-hmm. uh, in one way or another. So, you know, it's important that they, you, you check them out. You know, they, if they, if they, if it seems too good to be true, it probably right. is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't, and don't, don't go with the first person for God's sakes, to, you know, don't be like, Oh, okay. Let me just go w- with whoever answers the phone call. Take the time to, reach out and research and make an informed decision. You can go back to that person. But just, oh yeah. A hundred percent. Get about two or th- you know, at least two or three people that you meet with, um, whether oh. it's virtually and, you know, on the phone or in person, you know, just have some kind of conversation. And be you know, okay. And have multiple, have multiple conversations. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I mean, I've met with couples two or three times before. I mean, I've, I've met with them once and they, they're like, give me your contract. And then there's other that I've met with them. Then I met with the parents and then I met with a friend just so that they, you know, I also think that, you know, one thing that you can also think about is that when you're leaving messages for a vendor, if they don't respond to you, 
check back, make sure that they've received the message, you know, because in this day and age with technology, I mean, I have, honestly, I will be honest. I had a message from somebody that I got, it was just a few weeks ago, but the message was about a month old and I had never seen or heard that message before. Now, yeah, and I, check, and I check my phone several times a day. Yeah, but you so, know, I I actually disagree with that because I feel like if somebody doesn't get back to you, you you, you let them go. Well, yeah, okay, so you, you let know. them go, but yeah. but the reality is, is you know, I mean, like I in my instance, I did not even have the message; it never even registered. So, how did you know that you missed it? Because when I went back in, because I, I check my thing every single day, and all of a sudden it appeared. It was oh. the weirdest, the weirdest thing. I don't know why. Like Jesus, all of a sudden, like just, Jesus oh, jumped up. All right, jumped up. Ta-da. And I well. and I had never seen that before, so I don't know if there was a, if there was some kind of a, a faulty technology or what the case was. But it isn't always that you know people get your message or yeah. something. So you do have to kind of think about that. And ninety percent of the time, ninety percent of the time, yeah. You know, and that's the other thing is that one of the things I really love about Nicole is that you know she gets back to people really quick. Like you know she puts together that proposal, thinks about it, has a conversation, gets back to people, and even if it's going to take her a little bit of time to get a proposal back, her first initial response is received it. Uh, let me work on a proposal. We'll have it back to you in the next couple of days because at least then you get an answer. And I think that's, you know, it. I, I find that it's not the question that drives people let crazy. Let me know you say me and you hear me. Right? <laughs> Communication. It's not the question that drives people crazy. It's some amount of time waiting for somebody to respond. To respond. Yes. You know, and, and I think that uh, number one is, you know, when you're starting to wedding, don't give people excuses. Trust your gut right away. If you don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. with them, move on. There are a thousand other event people out there from venues to planners to decor to florists. There's, exactly. you know, you got to build the team that you, that you like. Well, oh my God, it's already an hour. Holy crap. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for being a part of, <laughs> of this week's uh, uh behind the veil i hope it was informative for some people that are out there if you have any questions or you know or you're a new bride looking for uh, a venue or a vendor to to reach out to a, a good place to start would be nicole sellers with clev events and rentals marcy gutenberg with an affair to remember by marcy Brooke Logan Stoner, because just because she's pretty, and myself, <laughs> Keith Miller Events. All right, guys, thank you very much. Everybody have a great day, and everybody say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.